Good morning and welcome to a special holiday weekend postseason edition of the New Hampshire High School Football Show. We do it for you live each and every Saturday morning on the radio ESPN New Hampshire. Our studios in Nashua, Pete Terrier, along with Dave Haley. You know, the uh, postseason show is always a bittersweet show, Dave, because we're just coming off three state championship games. We're coming off a long but yet quick football season that really is basically a three-month sprint and then all of a sudden it's kind of over and you get to look and reflect on on another season that was and I think it was a good season this year I think it was a really good season and I feel like uh it feels just sitting here like there was less controversy this year I don't feel like anyone got screwed out of not being in the playoffs that was that was certainly that issue with Salem a few years ago Mm -hmm. and I think there's been a couple other teams felt like everything broke the right way and um you know, we had great stories with champions, you know, um, with each one of them, uh, starting with Bedford, who went wire to wire in a very wide open division with a lot of good quality football teams to go undefeated. And they saw, you know, they saw their season ending, you know, maybe a couple of different ways, a couple of different times, and they just stuck with it and, and won that thing. Stevens, you know, I was talking to Greg uh, Gus, the uh, head coach of Campbell on the field. And he said they just found a gear three weeks ago that they mm. didn't have. They just found a gear. And he said he played him in the first round of the playoffs, and they rolled over Campbell pretty good. And your boy Ogre, Harrison Vedrani, and he said, I walked off the field and said, I don't that's a pretty, that, that's that's a good, a pretty football good football team. Yeah, he said if they lose to Mananoc, then all the credit in the world to Mananoc. So, um, so anyway, I, th- I think they found a gear. And then what Plymouth did, I think, is one of those things that – um, you're going to look back on years from now and just that run and just incredible beat. We all thought we all picked St. Thomas to beat them in the first round at mm-hmm. Plymouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chris Sambor and I are pretty good buddies. You know, uh, the, I like to tell the story. The first time Chris and I ever got on the phone together, we didn't know each other. We just knew of each other. We talked for 45 minutes. First time we ever spoke to each other. And I don't think we've had a conversation that short since. And, you know, he kept telling me the whole way, we're injured, we got too many guys. I picked him first over John Stark in the preseason in my mm-hmm. preview. And he's like, well, we got this injury and that injury and this injury. And, and One kid who's not even going to be able to play for us because he Merrill. got injured in the spring. Yeah, yeah, it was Merrill. And then, you know, Nolan Farina was huge. I was writing about Nolan Farina. Wow, he's been huge for these guys. He's leading them in tackles. Boom, he's gone for the economy. McGowan went down for a while, who had that huge run on Saturday. So anyway, so you just sort of... I sort of bought what he was telling me, and I don't think he was lying to me, but he was just saying, we got a lot of injuries, and, you know, the next guy will step up. He kept saying that. He's like, you know, but it's going to be tough. And that team just refused to lose. It's such a cliche, but they just refused to lose. And it was, what a run. And were carried by a a superstar player. They were offensively, but defensively, I thought they, they made humongous stops when they had to. Colby Moore was a kid who really came up big, and, he was a kid who kind of went up the depth chart as the season went around, and Rowan Drew became a, a name that everybody knew all over the state of New Hampshire. And um, Maycumber made some plays on the other side. We didn't think Maycumber was going to play in the second half, or we weren't sure in that championship game. Um, he said, "Advil, I don't, I don't know what happened, and I don't need to know." But I mean, he something happened, and he, he was he was able to find the courage to get out there and do it. And then he was just absolutely tremendous. I'm sure he's pretty sore. Right now, and I'm sure he, he could care less. I'm sure he's just one happy kid up at Plymouth High School. Is that the game that you're going to remember from this year? You know, because to me, when you get to the, the championships level or, you know, that, that, that portion of the schedule, there's always certain things you remember, you know. Um, from the season? Yeah. Yeah. 
in the playoffs in general, and and that that game from yesterday, or excuse me, we're recording this by the way on a Tuesday, pre-recording this thing. So from Saturday, the moment that Bedford's obviously going to remember is the Merrimack game. Yeah, you know, sort of like with the Patriots, the Tuck rule, the all yeah. that, and the Vinatieri field goals. You remember that stuff more than you remember Pittsburgh or even the Super Bowl, right? Certain plays in that, but. That that's that's going to stick out because that was a tremendous football game because Bo, you know, they I think opened up a lot of eyes with the run to to the championship. Yeah. Oh, no question. Um, and uh, you know, I think for me is that Wyndham Plymouth game probably be the most memorable because I thought we thought Wyndham. You know, we looked and said, okay, it's Bo Hanover and Plymouth because remember St. Thomas was the team no one wanted to play. Sure. Uh, supposedly. Um. And then uh, you sort of looked at that Final Four that day, and I was at Wyndham with Jen and thought, well, Wyndham's going to – this is they're the heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the one seed, the four seed, the three seed, and the seven seed. And, um, and, and Plymouth took them out on their home field in front of a big, big crowd at Mount Jaguar. And uh, I remember you calling me and saying, how the heck did that happen? And I said, that Peter, was no – it wasn't like, oh, Wyndham fumbled three times going in, and they had a huge pen- – no. They they were well coached. They played their butts off. This is Wyndham. They hit Plymouth. Just beat them, not by much, but they beat them. And um, you know, to me, that was the game of the year. The the game that I saw. Although it's tough to to stop Bo. I was so impressed with um, Matt Harkins. How well he could throw the football for Bo. And mm-hmm. Nate Alford's Nate Alford. I've been talking about him all year. But um, Jack Corvo had a game mm-hmm. and a half. I mean, they win that game, and Jack Corvo's the kid who's being carried around Bo High School everywhere, and yeah. he still should be. Giving a ton of credit and is by me certainly uh, for what he did, but um, no, it was great. You know, the aesthetically, you know, the the Exeter Bedford seven nothing. You know, I'm sure there are defensive coaches and defensive you know former players out there who love a seven nothing game. Um, I thought it was impressive by both teams. I thought Exeter came and played very well. I thought their defense stepped up. Cody Morissette made a big interception, and um, those kids can hit, um, but. For Bo, it was just that defense, you know, won it. And to think that, you know, they had zero zeros on the clock against Merrimack with, with their on the wrong side of the score, and that they win the championship anyway—that's pretty amazing. Here's the kind of game that that Bo Plymouth game was: twenty-seven, twenty-four. Plymouth wins it on a touchdown in the last seconds. The first catch of the year for Garrett Maycumber. They were forced really to pass in the situation. Because they were out of timeouts, they had it on on the fifteen yard line, and I remember you saying it. They have to pass; they can't risk yeah. a run here. Yeah, clock won't allow it. So they draw up a, a fabulous play, and you said that Coach Eric Kumba, who was doing color for Justin on McIsaac on Sports, he said he called it. Called it. Called it in the moment. Called it. And said, "Watch for you know." I don't know how you describe the play. You know whether he's leaking out from the weak side or whatever because. Because uh, Roy, as we show in the highlights, uh, is is rolling to his right, throws back, and um, yeah, I'm so glad. You know, we interview these kids and we're doing it. And, I mean, I got like I was watching the video. You know, I got the cheerleaders all there and the parents, and apparently Chris Sanborn wanted to get them out of there quickly. My God, I was like, come on. But uh, you know, you, sometimes you look back and you go, oh, I wish I had asked this kid a question. Still bothers me. I didn't ask Evan McDonald anything after they beat Vermont. Like seriously, the, those things bother you and I. I know they'd bother you. Where you're like, oh, I should have done this. Should have. I'm so happy. I'm gonna for once pat myself on the back on this regard and say I'm so happy. I asked him how many catches did you have this year. That was my first. 
unbelievable for the state championship. Yeah, and he was wide open. Yeah, he had about five yards there, and you saw one of the. Uh, remember when um, Bucky Dan? I mean, we were too young to see it live. Um, but when Bucky Dan hit the home run in 78 and Kyle Yastrzemski's knees just buckle when it goes over the green monster. Oh, uh, yeah, just crippling. One of the bogey kids did the exact same thing in the end zone. Like, his knees just crumbled. He was like, oh, my God, he caught it. Like, we just gave up that touchdown. Mm. And, I mean, it was like, what, 16 seconds left? I think it was mm. 16 seconds yeah, left. Yeah, absolutely. And, by the way, all the, even more credit to Bo. I want to give Bo a ton of credit. Even more credit. They get the ball out to half field. I know. With, you know, in like six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, from the two. Yeah, so they never they never stopped fighting, which didn't surprise you. And you know, you and I were even saying we're like, you know, uh, Matt Kimball, good little kicker. They may have a shot here and a, and a receiver. Yeah, you know he. No, but I mean, I'm saying to kick the game time. Oh field yeah, goal. sure. Yeah, long field goal, just get into field goal range. The numbers from that game, the 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 Plymouth Bow game, the Division Two State Championship game, it was one team was able to do one thing. And another team was able to do another. Uh, Bo threw the ball for 248 yards in the game. They ran it for 99, but it took them 29 carries to do it. So it wasn't a great. No, they struggled you know, per early. Yard Plymouth, average. Plymouth does. You know, I knew Plymouth did a good job against Wyndham's running game, which is elite. Uh, I mean, throughout the state, they're their Division One level running team. Then I knew that Bo would, might have some trouble, and they did. But to their credit, they adjusted. They adjusted. We talked about the uh, the first catch of the season for Garrett Maycumber, the state championship winning touchdown. Yeah, well, Roy only threw two passes two in two. the entire game. Yeah, two for two. Velez, remember the other one? Yeah. Velez almost got his head taken off. Remember that? Yeah, and it was early in the game. Yeah. So two completions on two attempts for 26 yards in but- that touchdown that they're never going to forget. Similar thing happened the last championship that Plymouth had won. You were there. Yep. They won it on a touchdown pass, and I think it was the only reception. Was it Reisert that made the reception? I don't remember. I remember so many things about that game, and I remember that to tell you how many unbelievable plays there were in that game. I remember the final play of that game, knocking the pass away on fourth down in overtime. Donovan Fenor threw it from Portsmouth. But, yeah, Colin Sullivan threw, I think, like seven or eight times that day, which is a little more than you would even expect. But I was just going to say, Velez and Maycumber are back next year. Yeah, I know. That's – he – this kid is and, and Colby Moore. He goes thirty-one carries, one hundred seventy-eight yards, two touchdowns, plus the touchdown reception. Plymouth ran it forty-seven times for two hundred ninety-three yards. Yeah, and Maycumber's runs were grinded out like uh, spinning out of tackles variety. He didn't have any clear running lanes. I mean, maybe once or twice, but Bo did a good job. He just wasn't going down on the first hit. And neither team could get off the field. The third downs. Bo was 8 of 11 on third downs. I mean, they were just converting after conversion after conversion. And, and Plymouth was 7 for 11. So it was like a lot of long, sustained drives in that football game. Yep. And uh, I thought both teams were very, very well prepared. I um, thought Exeter and Bedford also were very well prepared. Yes. Some of the stuff that they were doing, that interception. Uh, was it Flanagan who had the interception? Cam Flanagan. On the slant. That was yep. just good coaching by Exeter. I mean, great play by him, obviously. Because that was a bullet he caught from Connor Robert Carver on it. Robert throws a hard football. He, he was tremendous. But um, all the teams looked really, really well prepared. I want to talk to uh, Paul Silva later about it seemed to me he was rushing three and dropping eight back in, in, the, in the passing lanes. And that was one adjustment. Because um, I know one of the Interlex parents that I know uh, on Sunday, I was out in Portsmouth uh, at Mojo's. Give them a shout out. 
I was cheating on TJ's for one afternoon. I don't feel good about it. Watching the Patriots with a bunch of friends, and one of the parents said, what happened? <laughs> she said, you know, she's a mother who I'm friends with. She said, well, what happened? Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I think Steven's adjusted, and I think they hit a they hit a gear. Sometimes you just hit a gear. It happens in the NCAA tournament all the time. You see a team that in December or January lost to teams that weren't ended up being not very good, but then they just find a gear in March, and they everything comes together. And Steven's... You know, those kids, they may look back and say, oh, my God, we beat Mananoc at Mananoc. You know, that might be the win you were talking about earlier. Like, win at UNH has got to be, you can't compare. But they went to Mananoc and beat those guys. I mean, McIsaac was, and we weren't calling him crazy, calling it the Mananoc Invitational the entire year. Mm-hmm. And they went up and beat them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tremendous win. Yeah, and I think that win kind of propelled them. It gave them the confidence. Wow, you know, we really can't, you know, they – didn't lose to any surprise teams, I don't think, during the regular season. Interlakes, Mullenboro, I think it was a surprise that they won 57-12. to 12. But to see that turnaround in the championship game, that was pretty dramatic. Now, this was a 16-14 game at the half. Yeah. So they took control of that game in the second half. And I said at halftime, I did that game with McIsaac. You did it with uh, my buddy Chase Fanoff, the uh, defense coordinator for Bishop Brady. At halftime, I said, hey, you know – Last year, Bedford and – this is what I said. I said, last year, Goffstown and Exeter were tied at the half, and then Goffstown ran away with it. I said, you know, we could see somebody run away with it in the second half. I was talking about Interlakes. Yeah. And Stevens ran away with it. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. do I know? I mean, it was really hard for me. You probably, Pete, were like, I got to go with Interlakes because I beat them. I was there. I witnessed it live. Yeah. So, Total how am domination. I going to pick Stevens to win that game after what I – if I had watched a 57-12 game and then picked against that team, yeah. everybody would be like, is, what's this guy smoking? Yeah, d- does, he, does he know something we don't yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> really. So, you know, it, it was um, probably most amazing to me. All right, we'll get to a timeout. Uh, over the course of the program here, uh, we're going to talk to a couple of the champion coaches. Uh, we'll have Paul Silva coming up uh, in about 20 minutes from now. And then Chris Sanborn uh, from Plymouth. Paul Silva, of course, from the champion Stevens Cardinals. And then Plymouth's Chris Sanborn will join us shortly after that. It is a special postseason and Thanksgiving weekend edition of the New Hampshire High School Football Show. Dave Haley along with Pete Terrier. We got Tim Glenday in studio running the show. We'll be back. It's on ESPN New Hampshire and NHSportsPage.com.